0: Dave, you, you monitor Bill's
1: level of communication. I'll be right back.
0: I did it last time. Andy should have to do it this time. What am I doing? Andy. You should have to monitor Bill. All right, I will monitor Bill. Andy. Andy.
2: Yes? Oh, can you hear me? No. You're, you're very, 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 very quiet. Okay. Is, okay, how about now? You're still no, quiet. Better.
3: How about now? Ah yes. uh, okay, it was doing off like the internal computer mic, because I just swapped swapped computers and running on Ben's Skype and Okay, all right. If, so that's if you better. Look,
2: at, look at Paul's video feed. It's like that Ben Star Trek 2. Where you know Spock's not there anymore. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Turn in the and his empty. Jim, you better get down here. Empty chair You have the con
2: Oh my Oh my I'm a captain you
1: know
3: So at least I found
1: a workaround (laughs) (laughs) Workaround Okay I can hear people again Is this good are we working Yes
2: yeah he sees tickety and indeed
1: boo Oh That's great when you could be both tickety and boo and
2: we can hear him yeah that's not
3: a bonus though is it hey hey
1: hey where am I
3: the Voyager cast who are you the second in command what do you want to cover every iteration of Star Trek
2: I will not watch Voyager Enterprise, Picard, Lower Decks Prodigy or Discovery my life is my own
3: by hook or by crook you will
2: I am not a prisoner of your podcast whims
3: all right you want to do the prisoner
2: all right then the village people an exploration of the prison with paul Spataro, dave pascarella bill robinson
4: and andrew Lem.
2: hello everybody and welcome to the village idiots no the village people Yes, but not that village people. That's a completely different village people. And if you're choosing into the show to listen to a podcast about the village people, the song people, you are going to be very, very disappointed. This is a podcast about seminal 1960s allegorical wacky TV show, The Prisoner, starring Patrick McGowan as number six. As ever, I am joined by the Colonel, David Pascarale. Or am I the Colonel? That's the question. Uh, a very massive number two, Paul Spataro. He said, "I'm fat." <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> the butler, Doctor Bill
3: Robinson. On today's program, oh wait, I'm the butler. I guess I don't say anything. You don't say anything, but you can still do your spiel if you want. Okay. On today's program, brain number one, brain number two, or brain number three. And I'm Andrew Leyland, and I was the double for Nigel Stock in
2: this episode.
4: This is the prisoner as you know him. This is the prisoner as he appears in Do Not Forsake Me, Oh My Darling. No one would believe that within this body lives the mind and personality of another man, the man you know as the prisoner. Who else could have given you that message? couldn't you say nobody but you we have met before but you can possibly remember me because the first time we met i looked like this The Prisoner is the same, only his body is different, in the next dramatic adventure of The Prisoner on this channel.
2: Do Not Forsake Me, Oh My Darling, originally broadcast on Friday the 22nd of December 1967 on ITV, broadcast on CBS on Saturday the 3rd of August 1968. In the United States of America. It guest starred. Zena Walker as Janet. Clifford Evans was the new number two. And Nigel Stock was the colonel. I.E. number six. Ooh. It was written by. Vincent Tilsley. And directed by Pat Jackson. The synopsis. In my big boys book. Of interesting prisoner facts runs thus The prisoner awakens to find himself Back in his London house but a stranger To himself when he looks in the mirror You gotta get a out of this leap Al What is this new process and is The prisoner strong enough to retain His own identity
3: which Could be the synopsis to Any of them Well and if you and if you look real quick You could see Al in the mirror When he goes by the first yes. time Or at least yes. some guy Ducking out of the way It is very much a
2: prototype quantum leap in this episode, which is not made clear from the synopsis. uh, Number six awakens to find himself transferred via a Dr. Saltzman's mind transfer device into the body of a completely different actor, Nigel Stock playing the colonel. And that's the majority of the episode, largely because behind the scenes shenanigans meant that Patrick McGoon was off filming Ice Station Zebra and was not around to film an episode <laughs> of his own show.
3: Okay. Mm.
2: OK, this is always fascinating to me. There's an episode of The Hulk where Bill Bixby's not in, which is interesting. Yeah, there's an episode. There's a couple of episodes of Equalizer that Edward Woodward isn't in because he'd had a heart attack. So that's kind of understandable. Oof. And then floating around, there's like an episode of the Dukes of Hadders that John Schneider's not in. Not the ones with Coy and Vance. I don't Mm. mean any of that. There's episodes of the A-Team that Mr. T isn't in and one that Dirk Benedict's not in. Now, on shows like that, you can can kind of cover up with the other cast members. Yeah. Which is what they did. This doesn't have that luxury. (laughs) (laughs) There are no other cast members to pick up the slack. The butler. Well, there is the Butley S, and he, he does have a significantly higher role in this one than normal. As in, I don't think he gets a close up. Do you? Do you think they pulled this off?
1: <sighs> I do. As as one of the outsiders who's coming in looking at this freshly uh, and I kind of knew that backstory already going into it. And I thought this is never going to work. And I also, as I was watching it, I was thinking they're never going to give an explanation that makes sense to me as to why they're doing this. And yet they kind of did. Like I walked hmm. away saying, all right, this is, this is okay. Um, I, you know, it's weird. You know, Dave and I were talking before we started this and I was saying how if I was not watching this with you guys to discuss it afterwards. I would have given up on the show by now, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you know if that reflects that I'm not intelligent enough to enjoy the show because uh, if I was smarter I would like it. But it forces me to try and kind of look at it a little bit more intelligently and i think if i was watching it on my own i would probably be doing my usual multitasking and stuff like that which would make me really just not appreciate any of the nuances of the show but because i know we're going to discuss it i'm watching a little bit more closely and i'm trying to understand even more so than i would normally so the whole idea that they are sending him out there i mean the idea of the machine is just ridiculous but if you accept oh. that premise that you can switch the minds like like Dr. Frankenstein and uh and and you can you know erase memories at your choice and all of this i mean it it's it's a little dumb but anyway if you accept that premise and then you say okay they're going to erase his memories back until before he was in the village so that he's not going to be aware that this is the case and we're sending him out there and ultimately what we want to do is get him to Reveal this doctor to us so that we can get the reverse process out of him. It kind of made sense. It, it, you know, you got to squint a little, but it made sense enough that that I could accept it. I liked who you know, who played the colonel? What was his name? Nigel Nig- Stuck. I liked his performance pretending to be. Uh, Patrick McGowan and trying to get his affect in how he was giving his lines and all of that so i kind of enjoyed that i got a kick out of that Uh, i like the fact that we got a little backstory also we found out there's a fiance that we didn't know about Uh, from everything i understand we'll never know anything more about ever again Uh, Uh, but it was kind of cool to know that that existed uh i did not accept that a year later she'd come she just come walking into the house (laughs) and like nothing's going on no she said she saw his car yeah and 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 she wasn't in a total panic she was very calm about it there's some stranger there and she's not like calling the police running out the door doing anything no oh, let's just talk you know i mean it was it was a little that that probably strained credulity more than anything else to me in the, in this episode but everything else about it i kind of enjoyed and i thought they did an okay job with it now i don't know if i stand alone in that thought i believe this episode's a sequel what do I constantly compare this program to? Lost?
0: Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's oh. Island. Oh yeah. Now, well, they did have episode, a blind transfer one. This yep. episode aired in 1967, and in on April 7, 1966, the episode of Gilligan's Island, the friendly <laughs> physician, bad scientist Doctor Boris Blankenoff, comes to rescue the castaways and conducts experiments on them that does this exact same thing. Gilligan's Island and the Prisoner take place in the same world. (laughs) Uh,
5: Lobby.
4: Are you sure you're you? Well, of course I am. Well, then it's all right, except. Except what? Well, if you're still the captain, you would be able to go to the steam room with me in the athletic club.
5: <laughs> so you're still on the island. How fortunate. For whom? We <laughs> shall soon see. Igor! Capture
4: them! Capture them yourself. <laughs> Igor, what has
5: happened to you? I'm in here. <laughs> Feels good. Ginger, quickly!
4: Into this cabin. Don't never come find- no! out! Come on, get no. in the cabin. All right, is
5: everybody here? Uh, yes. Uh, let's get down to the boat. Right. Igor, hurry you... coming after?
3: coming. <laughs> <laughs> is that Is that the I rest my case. Is that the evil scientist that is played by the guy that always seems to play italian char- characters he he plays that character and he plays the japanese soldier
0: that doesn't know the what? war is over he plays really? two parts oh in gilligan's Island.
3: his name is uh vito Scuti. if you if you don't recognize his name if you saw his face you'd be like oh yeah i've seen that guy he was the baker 20. in the
1: godfather
3: was, was he yes gilligan's
0: island the godfather can you ask for more?
1: There's Seven degrees career. of separation. Yeah. I, I I come back I come back to the Flintstones episode when they were transferring mines and it was Len Frankenstone, and and he's, he's like something keeps telling. Oh, they and they had the 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 little assistant doctor who was uh, from Ben Casey. Uh, what's I can't think of what his name is, but the guy who played Gunga Din anyway uh you know he was like len why are you doing this (laughs) something keeps telling me be a mad scientist be a mad scientist (laughs) that's that (laughs) that was what i kept thinking of while i was watching
5: len len don't do it release the patient stop bugging me zero i've just got to be a mad doctor I wonder how Fred is doing. Oh, there you are, Barney. Hey, what happened? What are we doing in the doctor's office? Well, you got hit in the head with a bowling ball, Dino, and I uh, uh, Dino, you're talking like Fred. Oh, knock it off, Barney. I got a splitting headache. I'll go pay the doctor and we'll get out of here. Hey, Doc, what do I owe you, pal? Gee, maybe I ought to see the doctor. I could have sworn that was Dino.
0: Oh, Barney, I'm so glad you're still here. How's Fred? Yeah, how's his head?
5: His head? Well, uh, uh, that's bad enough, but uh, what really gets me is his tail.
0: Tail? What are you talking about?
5: Why don't you call him and see for yourself?
0: Oh, Fred, it's me, Wilma. Are you all right? (laughs) Oh, Fred, stop your clowning. Hiya,
5: Wilma. I thought I heard you calling me. What are you doing down here?
0: Fred! Uh, I mean, Dino! I mean, Fred! I mean, what's going on? Wilma,
5: meet Dr. Frankenstone. How do you do, madam?
0: You! 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 What have you done to my husband or, or Dino or whatever the case may be?
5: Go ahead, Len. You wanted to be a mad doctor. Now give the poor woman an explanation. Everybody crying about. Come on, let's get out of here. We're well, am starved. I could go for a nice soup bone. Did you hear that, Doctor? He wants a soup bone. Aren't you ashamed, Lynn Frankenstone? All right, all right. I goofed. Everybody back to the laboratory on the double. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn boy, now you're talking.
0: It's Dino!
5: Okay, Wilma, we can leave now.
0: Fred, you're not Dino anymore. Thank goodness. Come on, honey. I'll take you home and uh, fix you a nice big...
5: Oh, you sweetheart. Sorry to keep you waiting.
0: Oh, it's Barney. I mean, it's Fred. What is she
5: talking about, Wilma?
0: Oh, no. You're not Fred, you're Barney. Yeah, and
5: you're Cleopatra. Now stop kidding and let's go home. <laughs> Maybe the girls ought to see a doctor, Alfred. What's the trouble, ladies? What's all the racket about?
0: Look what you've done. You've switched their personalities.
5: Hey, control yourself, Wilma. You're getting hysterical.
0: Hyster, uh, hysterical? Who wouldn't be? I didn't marry him. What are you complaining about, Wilma? Look what I'm saying. St-
5: well, if that's the way you feel about it, I'm leaving. Me too. Let's go, Barney. Well, Lynn Frankenstone, are you proud of yourself? One dumb experiment and you've broken up two families. All right, all right. Everybody back to the laboratory. <laughs> I don't get it, Fred. What's all the fuss about? Oh, you know women, Barney. It's like when they go shopping. They're always returning things.
0: Oh, I'm so nervous. Me too.
5: Hold it, Doc. One question before you pull that switch. Yeah, yeah. What is it? How would you like to have my seat?
1: <laughs> no, I, I still I felt... I, Like I said, I still got a kick out of it.
2: I agree with you. I think they pulled it off as well as they could with two minor problems. One, Nigel Stock's a great character actor. I didn't buy him as a lead. I certainly didn't buy him as a substitute for Patrick McGowan, who is very charismatic and commanding. This role, and this is my recast for the episode, should have been Edward Woodward. Edward mm. Woodward would have been brilliant in this because this is just before he did Callan and became a big star. So Edward Woodward would have been a much more charismatic choice. And that's my recast choice because God, the number two in this episode is boring.
3: Oh, my God. But he's
2: not really given a
3: great deal to do. So I don't know that any actor could really have done anything with this. I I thought it was just me. I did not like number two at all. And, and I had like no real inkling or it's just like he is just so vanilla generic. I just yeah. don't care.
1: So are we going to do our, who does number two work for right now? Well,
3: I was thinking who, well, yeah, yeah. Well, let me just say a few things about the episode pro- proper. So going into this, this is one of the ones I've not seen a lot of times when I have tried to do a rewatch. And I didn't really remember a lot. I mean, I knew the general plot, but it, when it started, I, I was thinking, wow, is this really just going to be a clip show? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, I've like, got oh, I've got a couple of notes about that that we'll get to when we do final thoughts. Yeah, I was like, oh, but as it went on, and I I was like, you know what? This is better than I thought it was going to be, mm. and better than I remembered it. Now, take that for what it is. Let's go on to our recasts.
5: <laughs> Who does number two
0: work? Four. who
4: does number two
1: work for that's right buddy you show that turn who's boss
2: i like i've got no one for number two there was i didn't think there was enough of a role for number two here to pin any decent actor on anyone could have played this number two yeah anyone apparently did and it wouldn't make any difference i mean even a more charismatic actor probably couldn't have done anything
3: with this version of number two So my recast was Edward Woodward. See, now, I wanted to have a recast uh, just just to be just to be silly. And I would want to see, of course, uh, uh, Terry Thomas. (laughs) That's number (laughs) six. I say, old girl. I say, boy. It's me, your fiance.
4: No, really. (laughs) Well, I took
0: my assignment seriously and I picked two number twos. I picked a vintage number two, which was Richard Hurd, and I picked oh, a, yeah. Mod, yeah. a modern one,
1: Jeremy Irons. Ooh, I like Jeremy Irons.
2: Mm. Oh yeah, he, he would have
1: probably brought a lot more to it.
2: But I like Jeremy Irons and would want him in
1: a better episode. Yeah. <laughs> I I, 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 oh. I had uh, Alan Napier as my oh yeah, yeah
2: yeah yeah Batman? Man. I'll, yeah
1: Batman. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah,
1: that'd okay. be cool. Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah, I mean that'd be great
3: for a passing instance. I like based on the physicality, the way the actor looked for no, no, number two. I did think of Robert Morley. Um, mm-hmm. I believe I'm getting that. He's a uh, an English actor, a little bit on yeah, the yeah, heavy yeah. side. So that you know, but just just based on the physical look. Of, and he might might have been an actual better uh, choice as well.
2: Yeah. Um, see, yeah, I, I think they pulled it off a lot better than you think they're going to pull it off. I don't buy the fiance stuff at all. So She's when he's black. packing, no, I don't mean the actor or anything oh. like that. What I mean mm-hmm. is, so when he's packing to leave in Arrival, he's not discussed with his fiance that he's going to quit his job and then go on holiday. Was he going to go without her?
3: Yeah, it, it's a plot hole, but there's another plot plot hole here, which you could maybe explain. So they switch the bodies, but they need Seltzman. Why? Yes, because they don't know how to switch them back. <laughs> well, that's I mean, it's not explicitly said or I didn't pick it up. But yeah, I'm guessing they need him to switch it back. Yeah, they've they've got the procedure for the body swap. They okay, have guys. got the procedure of switching it back. Okay, so you take you take the guy that's in the one chair and then put him in the other, and then take the other guy and put him in the other chair. <laughs>
2: and and press then the you button. turn the
3: machine on. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the thing, though. They need Saltzman in the middle. Yeah. Or was that Saltzman? No,
2: let's let's be honest. It doesn't make a lot like, of sense.
3: No, no. I was kind of like, wait, what? Yeah, I it must make be sense in the enough. machine. Did anybody catch the, uh, like, there was something I guess I never noticed before? Now, it could just be a standard German greeting, but I was kind of like.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. I did see that. Yeah, Ooh. he says Heil. But they they could have had just a throwaway line that when we've done this in the past, if we tried, when we tried to reverse it, the guy mm-hmm. came out, a, you know, a blithering idiot or something. Yeah. Uh, and, and then that would have explained it and it would have been fine. It would have been like mm-hmm. Enterprise, what we got back. Didn't live long. It not live yeah,
0: long. Thankfully. exactly. <laughs> I, I appreciate... Yeah, just a
1: line like that would have done it.
0: I appreciated the irony of the title. in that his character, number six,
1: apparently,
0: is the opposite of the character in High Noon. Where he's willing to pack it in and go off with supposedly the girl he loves, as opposed to the character in High Noon. Which is not willing to go off and uh, with the girl
1: he loves, and he's going to do his duty. Well, aren't the concerns hmm. that he's not willing to go off and that he's going to somehow do them harm? Well, they wanted him to stay on the job. Before, right? Yeah, but clearly he wasn't going to stay on the job. That's, that's a given. Putting him in the village wasn't getting him staying on the job. Uh, and I, I know they want to pump him for whatever inf- information is in his head. But clearly that wasn't going to work either. So you would think they would just kill him at this point. Goodbye. Oh, well, no, Debra... I was
0: talking about the, the beginning of the picture that got him into this. He didn't want to stay on the job. Mm. That's what and, and, got him into this
1: problem. And, but you say, you know, he was willing to walk off into the sunset with his girl. I don't, mm. you know, I, I don't think they believe he was. So,
2: no, they still, they still, whether he's going to do that or not, he's still a massive security risk. I don't think there is any
0: walking off into the sunset with your girl in well, this line. Clearly, there's
2: not. No, I don't
3: think there is either. Well, so well, Paul, you, you've often said, you know, hey, uh, you know, they would have, they would break me pretty quick. Lived in the village, doesn't seem oh. so bad. We saw <laughs> what happens to to you, Paul, when you come to the village. Oh yeah, this guy told us everything in three days. Yeah, we're gonna wipe his brain and send him back. <laughs>
1: He's out. No, of here. I just I would just be working in a little <laughs> flower shop or something. No, no, no. They're going to be like, uh, no, I'd be wearing I... a big button with a with a bicycle on it. Those people have the union jobs. You're not getting one of those. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting wiped but, and but sent back. That's, that's the other thing. I said, you know, thinking if if their fear is that he's going to, you know, reveal information that he information that he shouldn't, they could just wipe that out of his mind and, and move on. Now they have the means to do that.
0: Mm. But maybe you know, it Paul, works on how strong his willpower is. They mm. may be concerned they may not be able to wipe his mind. See,
3: Paul, it, just like I got you to sing. And now what you just said, when you said information, you will do that for the rest of your life, because every time somebody says the word information, I usually have to go information, information,
2: information,
3: information, information. So it's good to see that that is uh, seeped into your mm. that the, the village is doing its job and working its way into your subconscious. But
1: I also say human. Well, you know, right. Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so there's, there's some interesting behind the scenes stuff in the book that the writer of this one actually doesn't thinks it's a dumb idea. But he was given the basic premise as a fait accompli because Magoon wasn't available. So he basically handed in a script. He had two and a half weeks to work on the script, which he did. He handed it in. And then all the rewriting had to be done by David Tomlin because they just didn't have the time to give it back to the original writer. So there's not a lot of changes when you flick through the difference. It's mostly dialogue alterations and having to rewrite the beginning because the beginning, the title of which was Face Unknown, had Magoo in it, had Six in it. And obviously that wasn't going to be possible. So the entirety of the opening is stock footage from another episode, but it's an episode you guys haven't seen yet because of the way they were released and the way we're watching them. The way we're watching them is actually interesting because the way Bill's picking these, because of the ardor, I don't know what's coming next. And Mm. the way you've rearranged these is good because it means all of the back end, the off concept ones are better spread out throughout the series. So this was shot right before living in harmony and living in harmony was originally called do not forsake me or my darling. So they nicked the title from the other episode and put it on this one. So most of the changes are that for my part, I, this is just an ITC show. They could have done this plot on the saints or man in a suitcase. No, it's worse than that. This is a Glennie Larson show because it's shoddily (laughs) put together. The, the stock is painfully Obvious whenever he's driving He morphs into Patrick McGowan <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Because it's all B-roll footage from the shooting Of the opening credits So that's all because they didn't have the car The car had been sold At this point so they had to mock up One for the shots where Nigel you know, Stock gets in and out of it I've And it then all different. the other shots are stock Yeah it's, it's not that car It's, a completely it's like different a different
1: colour in some of the Spots and I'm like yeah or, and and I, I thought I was you yeah. that they were going to totally recreate the opening with the with the different actor, but they never mm. really got there, which I would have I would have liked if they did the actual opening with him.
2: Yeah. Well, like, there's also the thing as well. The other shoddy thing about this one, the doublings awful. Terrible. Not just in, yeah. Not just in the fight scenes. The fight scene on the. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh. Is almost comical into the. They don't even match hair and yeah. too much There's a shot of Nigel Stock in there, just on the staircase, and then they cut back to the stuntmen, and it's dreadful. But the worst one's the opening, where it's clearly not either of the actors. It's not number two, and it's not Nigel Stock in the long shots, where you're seeing the footage of Six on the screen in the background. And I'm watching that going, they've not even made any effort to make it look like him. And it is. It's an incredibly shoddy production on a show that, it hasn't been shoddily produced so far it needed
0: it the stuntman to turn around and be leslie nielsen and it would have <laughs>
5: been
1: perfect but is is that a reflection on the fact that McGowan was busy on ice station zebra and maybe was not really paying attention to the production or post-production on this one
2: but very possibly because he literally shows up to do the final scene at the end does the voiceover and that's it mm-hmm and there's nothing in the book that he had anything to do with. Like in in other episodes, it's talked about he would edit and he would spot the music and he took over direction. There's nothing in this that he had anything to do with this episode apart from filming his stuff and then getting on with the next one.
1: Now, as as a side note, Gene Hendricks has suggested that we do Ice Station Zebra as an Is It Yours episode, uh, and I I'm totally on board with that. And I. Would, would hope that you guys would want to do it. Hasn't one of us not seen
3: it? I have I not, I've not seen, seen it all the way through in edges, I've not seen it, but I will. Oh, you've never seen it? it. No. Mm-hmm. Nope. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen that at least three or four times in my life. At least
1: 30 or 40 times. No, no.
3: no. It was literally on yesterday. <laughs> uh, no, I got it recorded it. I mean, it's got Ernest Borgnine in it. Yeah. Well, and speaking of and Ernest and Borgnine, and Jim Brown. Uh, Brown uh it's not it. The final,
2: you know, the foreign scenes where he goes to Germany, Austria, sorry. He uh-huh. goes to Austria to find the colonel. All of that was filmed on the set of The Dirty Dozen, which was literally you know, filming that on that the back familiar. lot at the same time. Yeah, it was filming on the back lot at the same time. They literally took their camera crew there while they weren't there and filmed those bits. Which is interesting.
3: Uh, the address that he wrote on the yeah. envelope, wasn't it like Port? Port, million Port Road Marion Avenue. Yeah. Avenue. Even and though I was he like, spelled Port Marion wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did like the touch that they got number six to do the voiceover of the, the thoughts in his head, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's you know. still him. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and like I said, the actual episode, again, if this had been an episode of the Saints or whatever, it, it would have been a fun one. It would have been for Roger Moore was off doing something else. Um, it's a fun once you get into the nuts and bolts of it, it's a fun episode, but it's not one that makes a lick of sense. Even if it does give you a little bit back, more background of six and these fiance, but the idea that his fiance's dad was his boss that has got him sent off to the village. <laughs> well, and yeah, isn't, isn't that well, like the third or fourth boss he's had now?
1: Yeah. Eh. If Razor well, were me. off doing something else, who would you cast to be the guy who they put his mind into? Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. Yeah. <laughs> George Lesenby. Or George Lezenby. Or, yes. uh, George Lezenby.
2: <laughs> no, you know what I'd do? I'd uh, I'd get thingyo in it. Uh Tony Curtis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that could that could be funny.
2: Because the Persuaders is awesome and everyone should watch it. I, I
1: I don't know why, <laughs> but my, my mind went to James Garner. James Garner would be great as
2: well, yeah i found it funny number six the other maverick a, brother.
0: number six had a stash of american money
2: yeah I, I spotted that as, well why has he got dollars <laughs> they're not our pound our currency is all different sizes and colors that's dollars what the hell has he got dollars well, he's going to austria isn't he dollars mm. He's euros that's what the prop guy had available yeah that's they probably thought no one had notice even though you don't even have to freeze frame it to see that it's it's dollar. So I, I didn't get that at all. But also, that movie, does he not have a real TV? <laughs>
3: yeah, I was like, wait, wait a minute. That TV doesn't look real.
2: And it's the same TV that is in his village quarters. Now, I know they've made his quarters in the village look like where he lives at home. Mm-hmm. But it's the same fake TV, because I think well,
3: we've noticed the fake telly before. What kind of shoddy place does he live or what kind of cheap safe does he have that he's got to worry about if uh, the rats have gotten in and eaten the money?
0: Oh, <laughs> see, I took that. I took
3: that to mean that, you know, oh, like okay. they went in and took his money. OK. All right.
1: All right. I will let that one pass.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't think of that.
1: Oh, uh, you, like, you don't have a rat problem in your safe, you, Bill?
3: I, I don't have a safe. <laughs> Notice I didn't say I didn't have a rat problem.
0: <laughs> Bill I have... just leaves the money in his TV. <laughs> exactly. It's perfectly safe there. Remember how heavy those TVs back there then were?
3: If you yeah. had to move that thing? <laughs> and he mm-hmm. just moves it with one hand. Whoosh. Um, so... <laughs> So we've got these 26 photos and we can't figure out the uh, what's going on with these. Wow. What a great spy group you guys are. You couldn't figure <laughs> out. Uh, hey, let's let's overlap these and see. Oh, look at that. There's an image. Oh, oh, yeah. Spy. Well, I, I,
2: I think as well, it, it wasn't just overlapping them so much. As well, they you had, had to, to have the special lenses. Ones
3: they had. Yeah. But any spy agency worth its salt would have already probably figured that out. I mean, yeah, but we but, don't have an
0: <laughs> Unless <laughs> yeah. you killed all the really good
2: spies who wanted to
3: yeah, retire. That's true. You, you've sent them all to the village. But that was pretty neat. You you know, you had uh, a lot shit. of
2: the garden party stuff. You'll probably spotted that in other episodes. That's all the redress.
3: sets. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: One, yeah. Once the mission starts. It's just... I think
0: we lost Andy. No village took him let this be a lesson to you if you're going to talk shit about the village
1: uh paul's muted too bill it's just you and i apparently. no i was just muted <laughs> but they uh they took andy's mind and put oh, it into bill's body is. apparently he's back i'm back finish your thought
2: I never really went anywhere it's it's a good standard spy show episode from 1960s of a show that also has a science fiction bent so like I said the saint or anything like that could have done this it's there's nothing inherently prisoner about it until the ending I thought the ending was good that it's Professor saltzman has conned everybody <laughs> and he's now walking off in a body that hopefully is going to last him another 40 odd years. And he can just disappear and carry on with the experiments. Oh, but, that the, 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 end, the Twilight so, Zone type ending
1: slightly redeemed say. it. But, say, it's a little Twilight Zone ish.
3: Yeah, but he's flying off in the helicopter that we've seen them control. I said for. the same thing to Angela. Do they not know where he's going to land? Well, I mean, he could like knock out the guy that's next to him and just take over the helicopter and fly anywhere, but you'd think they'd have a tracking device, they could control it. Blow it up? <laughs> no, they don't want to blow it up because they won his process. But yeah, I mean, you just got to go like, ah, just pay pay no attention to that little thing that you know it's like, aha, he it got could, away. <laughs> it could have been uh, <laughs> the terms of his deal could
2: have been that right. You don't, I don't tell you what the helicopter pilot is taking me until we're up in the air because I don't trust you guys. Mm. Uh, but the, and the the I like the ending as well. The colonel's dead. <laughs> so we, we go through Nigel Stock As the lead of this entire episode And they just kill him yeah. Yeah. Poor guy <laughs> So I no felt a little bit for sorry for him yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, well, yeah it's a good way of Not paying his pension Yeah. <laughs> well, at least he doesn't have to get stuck in the
3: village yeah, That's very true Yeah but sorry. they do have to pay his pension They're going to pay it to Saltzman no, he's not going to be going down under his own name, is well, he? He's going to true. adopt yeah, a new because, name. Yeah, because he wouldn't know the bank accounts. Yeah, that's true.
1: And he'll <laughs> have Saltzman's handwriting,
2: because mm. we established that, <laughs> that earlier was, on. Yeah, but, that was yeah.
1: kind of a strange thing. And then apparently Saltzman is enough of a handwriting expert that when he shows it to him, oh, yes, yeah. I, I totally believe that's you. I completely <laughs> I believe that that's you. But... <laughs> Wouldn't but hit to be writing fair, muscle Saltzman memory? knows about the mind transfer device, so it's, you know, he, he's going to be more open-minded to it anyway. It's not like the fiancé who's sitting there saying, you know, what the hell are you talking about? Although she clearly kind of accepts things too quickly to me.
0: Maybe from her father she's seen stuff that would turn you white. Mm. Er. Oh, sorry.
1: Mm. All right, so... We rating? Or do we have any more points?
4: Um
0: I like know, the I tracking, th- the tracking with the homing device like James Bond's car and
3: goldfinger. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Oh, that thing is horrible. <laughs> and, and then you get close. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, it was nice the way uh number six, six slash the colonel. Took down the guy that was like, yeah, who who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, should we talk about when you went to Paris <laughs> <laughs> in uh, in 1958? Oh, yeah. in... we'll talk. What?
2: No which they did in the James Bond film, didn't they? Where he, he says to M, should for that the oh, which one is it? Is it a Connery one or a Moore one? Where he says to M something like, "At that time we were in Japan. That uh, that's enough, to blow <laughs>
1: I think we can read. Okay, who wants to go first on this one? Uh,
2: I'll go first. I I think there's three stock shots. Mm. It's a perfectly entertaining episode. I like the off-concept nature of it. I was watching the beginning of it going, gee, I wonder what Paul and Bill, Dave are going to make of this opening because Bill's in it. Because <laughs> it's the first one with the pre-credit sequence, and then it doesn't have the standard, where am I, opening. It just
1: starts. But we're rating out of five, correct? All right, two and a half then. We're reading so, it. Yeah, we're at it of six. Yes, because
2: it's
1: six. and yes. so three. So, so you know what? I'm going to give it four. I'm going to I'm going to say I enjoyed it. It's dumb, but I enjoyed it. It, it was I, I liked seeing somebody else trying to be Patrick McGowan. It's almost like you have to take yourself out of the episode. You can't immerse yourself in and believe it's you know try and believe like this is really happening. But but watching somebody else trying to do the you know Pat McGowan's mannerisms and all, uh, and and just kind of the storyline of you know the the Gilligan's Island mind transfer and everything i got a kick out of it i th- i thought this was kind of fun so i'm going to say a 4
0: i gave it a 4 too because i like the sequel aspect to the Gilligan's Island episode
2: <laughs> the Gilligan's Island cinematic universe <laughs> uh
3: oh, so andy those elevators that like the one they were on the one that just keeps moving is that a common thing in uh like with an open... It's not, not a
2: common usage now, but they like are called Casa Nostra alavetes. Yeah. Do we
3: have those in America, Not, not guys? Casa Nostra. No.
1: I don't think so.
3: so. To where like you're just open to... There's there's no real door. But they and, are a real thing.
1: They
3: Yeah. I just don't know if we have here. So I'm going to give it... Uh, just because I want to have a half in, in this episode. So I'm going to give it three to half brains don't know where this half brain came from brain. Uh, out of six because it, it well maybe because i enjoyed it a little bit more than the last time i saw it so i'll give it an extra half but 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 going in i was kind of like really clip show huh because <laughs> yeah the entirety of the opening is just stuck <laughs> yeah I was like we only got 17 episodes guys jesus yeah, that's true
1: so that's what we all thought of it but what does Blaine say Anyone? Anyone at all?
3: Uh, What is Blaine? Blaine, what is Blaine? What is that brain? I don't know.
2: My Blaine, he lies over the ocean. My Blaine, he lies over the sea. Because that's the music in the throughout. We didn't mention that. Never mind. Bring back your Blainey to me. Bring back (laughs) my goblin to me. Oh, no, it's a comic.
3: (laughs) And, And see, now we all sing,
1: bring back. Bring back. Make this a whole Bring. production number. All of a sudden <laughs> they are all in tuxedos.
2: <laughs> I love the idea that we turn this into a musical.
1: They did that on Taxi. They did like they they had like a fantasy episode and all of a sudden they're all in tuxedos dancing. Anyway, uh Blaine says Hi guys. Well this was interesting.
0: Our lead actor does most of his work in front of a microphone while a guest star does the heavy lifting on screen. Again, the plot is not to break or learn about number six, but instead to make him do the work for the organization behind this. I also appreciate that we're learning something of his real life. Could the woman we met be the reason he quit? I doubt we'll get all the questions answered, particularly since he reaches out to his old friend with code numbers and no names, but I love to think about them. Finally, I appreciate how the former Nazi scientist makes a point of saying that he was not a willing participant in his past experiments and research. The next episode, A Change of Mind, is episode 12 on iTunes. Knowing that was on the list, I did a double take on this one to make sure I hadn't accidentally started the wrong episode.
2: Yeah, that would have been a better title for this
1: one. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, thanks, Blaine, for your thoughts. And yeah, I mean, I think we're on the same page on this
3: one. You know, I never realized that when he does appear that they're just giving numbers and how he's like I am not a Dumbo, I am a free and then he's just like yeah my code number is XKG blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> like hmm. doesn't say his name I guess you or, are a number or, I might have been known under this name but my code number is I was like so you are a number liar liar, liar.
5: anyway
1: anyway uh, so that's do not forsake me oh my darling what are we doing next time? Next time on an all new episode.
3: Are you feeling unmutual? Antisocial? <laughs> then maybe you need a change of mind.
4: you will face the commission for this. <laughs> the prisoner is framed and accused of a serious crime. The sentence is a change of mind. Public enemy. Number six. If you insist but public enemies cannot be tolerated indefinitely. I'm inadequate. Disharmonious. Believe me. Believe me. The ultrasonic beam is now focused on the exact link point of the frontal lobes. Now to step up the voltage until the ultrasonic bombardment causes permanent dislocation. At last, a mind free from fear or favour a mind that will reveal all its secrets, but to whom number eighty six report, report
5: to tomorrow. number two immediately or repeat immediately stupid woman, she'll
1: ruin everything.
4: Don't have a change of mind. Be sure to watch the next exciting episode of the prisoner
1: bum, bum, bum. See you then, everybody. bye-bye. 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 Who are you? The village people,
2: who are the Supervisor, Paul Spataro, the Chess Master, Dave Pascarella, Rover, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Andrew Leyland as the Butler. The village people, investigating
5: the prisoner.